The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decision. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist and Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're talking about heavy rare earths in Africa, specifically Malawi, the warm heart of Africa. The company is a newly listed DY6 Metals. AX code is nice and simple, DY6, trading at around 18 cents for a fully diluted market cap of around $12.5 million. So obviously lightly capitalised there with the exploration program underway. And to bring us up to speed with just what DY6 is up to in Malawi, we have the CEO with us today, Lloyd Kaiser. G'day Lloyd, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Barry, delighted to be here and to talk about obviously my um, previous achievements and also what DY6 is up to in Malawi. One thing I have noticed with the ASX and our rare earths players who are multiplied by the day is a lack of experience around them. But uh, Lloyd, if I can preface uh, getting a background from you, um, you are, I guess, one of the uh, few rare earth experts on the ASX. Yeah, so look, I've had a long journey and and uh, career previously with Arafura Rare Earths, so it was going on 11 years for me. So I've had that exposure to the rare earth industry for about 11 years. And so obviously during that previous 10, 11 years, I've gained enough knowledge and understanding of what the rare earth market is and, and also the players and and the resource, resources that are out there and what it's like to um, develop a rare earth project. So I was fortunate enough, of course, during those 10 years to to work in various roles. Obviously, my main role towards the end was as general manager for sales and marketing. I spearheaded the offtake arrangements for Arafura for their NDPR and bring on board top OEMs such as Siemens Gamesa and Hyundai Kia. And so previously also, I spent four to six years in technology development or process engineering role. Um, was conducted sort of technology or pilot program over and oversaw that for the last two years. Um, and then eventually a PFS study and that was handed over to um, a project manager to take care of DFS and front-end engineering design at Arafura. So look, I've gathered quite a large network of, of industry participants. Um, I know the market very well. Um, know all the players, you know, along that supply chain quite well. And I think with my background, I've got obviously a chemistry, chemical engineering background. I've got a good good knowledge base to to bring that forward now into DY six metals and develop the um, the projects that we have in Malawi. Now, the uh, flagship project, obviously, Machinga in the southern part of the country. Are you as joining us here? What did you see in Machinga that excited you? Yeah, look, so I guess the, I think the Machinga is, is the flagship sort of rare earth Niobium project. Um, I think the area that was interest me was one to join a, a company at the start 
now with a small market cap, has a lot of um, upside, and then also it's a heavy rare earth project. So I've been involved in a light rare earth project for some time, and there's not enough um, development going on for particularly hard rock or heavy rare earths. So that's for dysprosium terbium. Just for those investors who might not know, the what's the key things we should know, the difference between NDPR and dysprosium and terbium? Yep, so NDPR or NDNPR is the the lighter rare earths, but they're very important for the magnet supply chain or use in NDI and boron magnets. And then for hot, the high temperature applications for EV or electric power steering or robotics or several other industrial applications, you need to use dysprosium and then sometimes also terbium for those high temperature um, applications. Uh, Price-wise, is there a big difference between the lights and the heavies? Yeah, so look, you know, we're looking at between sort of, I don't know, the prior and the PRs around $60, you know, between $60, $150, the range has been, but DY has been between $500 US dollars per kilo up to $2,000 and turbine even more. So it's rare, of course, because most of the heavy rare earths in the composition or in situ composition of projects is quite low for dysprosium and turbine and light earth projects, but normally it's a bit higher in um, other projects that are focused more on heavy rare earths. Uh, just as a, a rough rule of the guide, uh, what's a, a good grade uh, for DY or TB in rare earths deposit? Uh, look, I think if you've got somewhere between in the in-situ composition, you know, light rare earths normally only have between sort of 1 and maybe 2% DY, TB. For a heavy rare earth composition or an in-situ composition that's more enriched in heavy rare earths, DYTB could be between 4 and 6%. So Machinga, tell us about Machinga. Yeah, so look, um, obviously the company listed on the ASX um, in June and the funds that were utilised on 300% owned rare earth projects in southern Malawi. So the main one, Machinga, as you mentioned, it's our flagship pro- project. Um, so we've been granted an exploration license covering 43 square kilometres. Uh, Machinga is in the north of a township called Zomba. Um, it's contained in this large alkaline province. Um, the complex comprises what we call nephthalene cyanides and the rare earth mineralization is expected to be hosted in eudialite. So um, eudialite's not an uncommon rare earth hosted mineral. Um, so there's plenty of rare earth companies that have developed um, projects around ex- about mining and beneficiation extraction of eudialite. Um, so look, we're just following on from the the drilling sort of aims at the high grade results of, of the two th- previous um, tenement holders in 2010, where they had um, previous trenching and drill programs um, that included up to two and a half percent of um, TRIO grade, which is enriched in heavy rare earths. And the other two project areas? Yeah, so the other two projects, which um, DY6 has, is Selimbidwi and Nagala Hill. Selimbidwi is, is, is again, a rare earth niobium project, um, and Nagala Hill is a precious metals, both in southern Malawi. So company plans to sort of carry out geophysical and um, geological sampling programs at both these sites. Later in the year, an RC drilling on the precious metal project is scheduled for around the same time. 
but um, we've done quite a lot of work on Machinga um, since listing. Um, so look, in late late June, the company commenced a maiden 5,000 meter RC and diamond drilling program. Um, there has been a quarterly that was put out July 26th. So to date, RC holes have done 19 holes for 2,000 meters and we've deployed the the um, diamond drill and also have commenced diamond drilling. So we've got batches already of RC samples that um, we've already shipped and they've arrived in Perth for Instead for SA. And we've done 200 metres by 50 metre soil sampling program with also um, samples to be shipped to Perth. First SA results likely to, to be reported roughly when, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it will start to get results in the, this, this last quarter. I can't say if time will be sort of September. I'd like to think, you know, that we can have some results at the end of next month. Um, but certainly with our diamond drilling program is drawing to a close. The RC drilling is almost complete and we started core cutting. And the aim will be that we've got two other dr- diamond drill holes will be metallurgical holes. So I'd like to start some mineralogical work and then also some met work, initial metallurgical work to look at what we can do to beneficiate and recover the dialyte. As this initial, this maiden drilling program, is that targeted a particular area or is it a wide speed? Targeted Chinga North and sort of following the same same drilling area that, that the previous globe mining had in 2010. Um, and then what we'll aim to do is continue to do more drilling further along in the future to um, produce a mineral resource. I slipped up earlier. I was at Machinga. I just mentioned the uh, heavy rare earths, but niobium's part of the equation potentially. Yes, yes. So the heavy rare earths or the, the deposit has... Uh, Rare earth, niobium, there's also zirconia, tantalum. So look, a whole list of what those elements will be essayed. And we'll see what, what we're at with, at the end after all the essays are done. And again, just for those investors who might not know, niobium. Tell us a bit about niobium. I know it's in the west of Runta here. It's uh, created a bit of a land-pegging mushroom with some big market caps. Yeah, look, I mean, niobium's obviously uh, a key critical metal, um, niobium, it's actually been controlled by two Brazilian groups. Um, so, look, the market and the end users are after some diversification. So, there is a host of what of companies that are developing projects around niobium. And so, look, we'll be also looking to see what content of niobium we have in the Machinga project and also the selling bid we. Now, as we speak, I think there's been two coups in broader Africa in the last uh, month or so. Malawi, uh, a former British colony, I think independence in the 60s, as I said, called the warm heart of Africa. How do you find it and what's your assessment of the uh, you know, the fiscal and uh, regulatory regime there? Yeah, look, so look, I, I haven't actually visited Malawi at this stage. I will be during the, um, the drilling program. From what I can gather, you know, it's a, a stable sort of mining jurisdiction. It's obviously got significant potential to develop sort of mining projects. Um, the Malawian government is supportive and has identified mining as a as a growth sector. Um, it's quite stable. It's English speaking, so you know it's got pretty good also existing operating infrastructure. And Malawi is abundant in minerals and it's attra- attracting significant mining investments. So actually, there's an Africa Down Under conference next week, and um, Malawian mines 
um, managers, department managers coming out here to uh, speak along with other African um, jurisdictions in that conference. So I, I think it's got a lot of potential um, for a host of um, projects, including rare earth deposits. And just on the subject of rare earths, uh, another ASX listed company with a th- this one with a three hundred and thirty-five million dollar market cap, Lindian Resources. Are they in your neck of the woods at all? Yeah. So the the Kian Kundi project, yeah, is about is forty kilometres away from from us. It's got quite a good carbonatite uh, deposit. Like to see them do well. There is other another rare earth project also in southern Malawi. Um, called Songwe Project, which is owned by Makanga, Makanga Resources. So they've been doing quite a lot of development as well in the area. So look, I, I think there's a lot of scope potentially for a lot of rare earth development occurring in in Malawi, and I think there's a lot of industry uh, paying attention to to what could be achieved in Malawi, and potentially even longer term being some sort of a hub um, for rare earths. In where Machinga is, uh, what's infrastructure like? Your support base? Yeah, look, it's it's pretty good. Like I said, Z- the Machinga's only north of a small township, Zomba. So I, I guess eventually, once development um, goes ahead, you know, we should be able to get and receive a reasonable workforce from the area in Zomba. Um, and also, there's good rail that for shipping out any sort of concentrate and good freeway. So look. The rail would go through from Malawi through Mozambique to the coast. Several mines are already operating and using some of the existing infrastructure. So, look, I think there's a lot more investment needs to be done in infrastructure, but I, I, I would say that the existing operating infrastructure is pretty good. And when you do get there, you'll have to buy yourself a I've been to Zomba t-shirt, I think. Pretty <laughs> cool name. Let's just have a look. Uh, you mentioned Salem uh, Midway, but uh, Nagala Hill it's kind of... Uh, not rare earths, uh, palladium platinum. Yeah, that's right, palladium platinum, gold, copper. The mighty Phelps Dodge explored there uh, years ago. Um, so, so they've done some soil samples. Um, there's been really limited previous drilling by Phelps, um, but returned sort of high grade results on palladium platinum, gold, copper. So look, um, we are looking to kick that off and do an RC drilling at Ngala Hill, um, but that's scheduled. Around the same around the end of the year, and the projects uh, distance between them are they clustered or are they spread through Malawi? They're not close together, but the the distances are not far because Malawi is not a not a large country, so it's, it's pretty easy to drive between them. So we've actually housed ourselves in Zomba, kind of we're renting a house there, so that's what we'll utilise for our. Exploration geologist. So we've appointed an exploration geologist who just started this week. I actually started this week as well. So he's overseeing the activities in Malawi. Um, he's got ten to fifteen years experience um, in geology, and and um, he'll be sort of our the folk. He'll be the the main contact for in country sort of development. I mentioned at the start, uh, twelve and a half million dollar market cap, fully diluted. Essays uh, due in late uh, quarter three. Now, we might be repeating ourselves here, but always a good idea to leave investors with an idea of what sort of news flow they should be looking out for in the next 6 to 12 months. Well, certainly we've got all this uh, drilling happening in the background. The last announcement was one month ago, so I think we'll have an announcement uh, next early next month that will cover um, where we are with that RC and drilling program, and then I expect we'll 
had more announcements around what we might be doing with selling Bidwi and Nagala Hill and commencing those works. And then the essay results were the most important thing. And hopefully we can also commence some mineralogy work and some initial met work to the end of the year and into next year. Definitely we'll have some results around what we can do in terms of beneficiating and what key rare earth mineralization is in Chinga. As you only listed in June after raising $7 million in the IPR, I take it you're funded exploration-wise for two years or so? Yeah, so look, we've got, uh, yeah, we only listed, as you say, in late June. We raised $7 million, tracked a combined $2.5 million from Hong Kong strategic investors. So look, we've got enough funds to cover our drilling program and some initial mineralogy work and met work. So they'll take us to the end of next year. And your reference there to strategic Hong Kong investors, why are they strategic? Uh, well, I guess they're cornerstone because they put in two and a half million, you know, versus others. They're um, they're all they're involved in um, sort of new material. The companies are involved in new material or composite material business, and they, I think they just have an interest in rare earths, probably using rare earths in some of their uh, industry or, or manufacturing facilities. Um, would like to to be involved a lot more as we progress. Just the rare earths market generally, we've seen the first six months have been tough. Uh, I think Linus's uh, basket price has fallen uh, down to around $60. But uh, had, what do you say is the medium to long term? Yeah, so look, I think um, certainly the rare earth market in the last six months hasn't been forming as well, but I think that's on the back of um, poor economic conditions in China. So I think we'll see eventually China um, improve. Um, but the medium to long term looks looks pretty good for magnet rare earths. I mean e-mobility and the clean energy transition, they're not, not gonna go away. You know, we've we've already seen last year that total EVs reached ten million. We'll probably see between twelve and fourteen million and then hasn't been a very good economic year um this year. And so all all forecast groups are suggesting on 50, 60 million EVs by 2030. Um, and so along with wind, wind, offshore wind, which will grow, there's plenty of projects in the pipeline over the next um, seven years in Europe and Southeast Asia, and particularly the US. Um, so, you know, I think we'll see a large demand for, for magnet and magnet production increasing over the next sort of seven to 10 years. And also, we'll see that larger demand for NDPR and also DYTB. So, you know, DYTB is one of those areas where, you know, there's there's not enough new projects coming into market to supply DYTB, and it's centralized for supply and production in China. And China has been clamping down heavily on illegal and um, unsustainable operating mines in the South. So... I think we'll see a larger interest for more DYTB to come onto market to meet that demand. I know that's a a great uh, point to uh, wrap things up on. Uh, Lloyd, you've uh, painted a very interesting picture there for us. Uh, Obviously, low market cap with results in the pipeline and uh, forward programs to come at other projects in Malawi as well. So with that, thanks for your time today. Good luck with it all. Be watching with interest. Thank you, Barry. Cheers.